Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. He's nice, nice. straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 135 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Welcome one and all. We are excited because it's the first day of training camp today. The boys are back in town. There's been a flurry of news. Where do we start, Nathan Palmer? Where do we start? Right, it's getting closer and closer that season, isn't it, my son? You know, only a couple of weeks away now until we take on the Bucks in our first pre-season game. And I think finally we've got a bit of, bit of news to dissect today. Indeed we have. Nathan, you're a bit crackly today. You're not in the UK, are you? You're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. You're interrupting your vacation. Uh, you know, you can tell people where, where you are if you want to, but uh, you're not in the country, are you? No, I'm in Croatia today and you've uh, you've pulled me away from my sunbed, so you've probably done you know, the people in close vicinity a favour to get... You know, to get my uh, shirtless body away from him for um, 45 minutes. So, um, but yeah, I hope all the listeners can hear me all right um, from over here. How is Croatia today? Fabulous, yeah. Sunny, a um, little bit less busy than it probably usually is in the middle of the summer with all the restrictions and stuff. But no, lovely. I've had a few nice. Uh, yeah, all right, all right, all right. That'll do, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do. I'm very jealous. Um, I think we all are, really. I'm going. I'm having a staycation next week. I'm not going farther afield than uh, the coast of the UK. So I'm hoping for good weather next week. So, um, but uh, yes, uh, thank you for for interrupting your um, your sex on the beaches and your uh, sunbathing by the swimming pool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had to call you away, really, because there's some big news. Well, there's some news anyway, and we're going to take a look at training camp. We've got Jay Morrison from The Athletic coming up. I think this is about his fifth time on the podcast. So Jay is a fantastic uh, uh, person to help uh, preview training camp for us. But let's go through the news because there has been some news, hasn't there? There has indeed, my son. Where do you want to start? Well, let's go with the easy things. Uh, Joe Burrow, completely and utterly cleared for practice, the bionic man. A man barely alive. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. Is back. And he's clear. He's a hundred percent. No, no restrictions at all. Amazing. Yeah, and that's, and that's the big news, isn't it? Really, because that's what we all want to hear. We want to make sure that he's a hundred percent ready to go. I don't think. I don't know about what you think about this, son, but they've said they don't think he's going to play a whole lot, if at all, in the preseason. What's your view on that? Do you think he needs the reps? Would you would you maybe throw him out there for a couple of series? You know, maybe in one game, or would you just keep the bandages on him until? The, the first game of the regular season. Oh, I think you need to get hit once and you need to get up again. I know all our you know all fans will be kind of heart in mouth, but I do I do think you need to feel another man hitting you hard <laughs> at some point. <laughs> but you know what I mean you've got to get it's, it's all very well simulating that stuff and you know not being touched on 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 the field at training camp but you know, opponents aren't gonna aren't gonna you know ever you know people on the Vikings team aren't gonna care whether they're gonna be after Borrow. In fact, they're gonna be making an extra effort to get to him. So I think he needs a little bit of roughing up uh, beforehand because mentally that'll be a big big bonus for him. But of course, as Bengals fans, our hearts will be in our mouths for, for the first time he gets hit and is on the ground. Um, what about you? Do you think? I think I think I'll put him in for a, certainly a good couple of series, and also you need that sort of game intensity, even though it is preseason. You need that game intensity to get back into the swing of things. I think so. I would give him a few series uh, in a couple of the games, maybe. 
yeah, I agree. I'd maybe hold him out the first one. I think the second one, I'd give him one drive, and the third one, I'd give him maybe two or three just to get some rhythm, like you said. And I think you're bang on. He needs to get here. He needs to get into that fluidity of running the offense, getting up to speed with um, the speed of a live game. I think it's important, and I think the Bengals may well think to themselves, "We don't need to risk this." You know, get him. He'll be fine once he gets going. He's, you know, he's got the the technique and the ability to just sort of switch straight in. But we need him to be 100% in the best situation he can be for that Minnesota game. You know, we're at home. That's a game you'd want us to win, really. You want to get off to a good start. I mean, we talked in the past about how important it's going to be for the Bengals to get a good start and to get a win under their belt early rather than chasing their tails that they have in the last couple of seasons. So you want your main guy to be firing. And a couple of drives in the preseason, like you said, get that get that sort of um, monkey off the back with the whole, you know, getting hit by another player and sort of, you know, is that knee okay? Can he, is he mobile? You know, getting up to speed with Jamal Chase. I think that's going to be really important for the Bengals um, if we're going to have a big start for him to just get those reps in the preseason. Indeed. Um, also, uh, even more staggering to me, perhaps, is Trey Hopkins has made a full recovery as well. And, of course, he got injured after Joe Burrow and he's a big lad. Yep. And he's back again, completely clear, ready to go. And that just astonished me. What an amazing recovery. We talk about Burrow and, you know, he, he pretty much knacked his whole knee up. Well, not he did, but, you know, someone knacked his whole knee up. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. And that is a fantastic recovery because we did fear the worst for Burrow, really, just because of the severity of the injury. But for Trey Hopkins to come back in, what, around seven months is... Yeah. That's astonishing to me. That really is an incredible recovery. Well, especially a guy that's really a bit heavier. He's going to put more weight on that knee and he's going to need to withstand a lot more pressure, I would imagine. Obviously, we don't know the intricacies of the uh, injuries and you know what damage was done. But as you said, that's incredible advances in medicine and also a testament to Trey Hopkins and how hard he's worked to come back. So, fantastic to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Bengals have signed some players. They've signed Reese Horn, a wide receiver, and they've signed an offensive tackle, Gunnar Vogel. Uh, That's a great name. Solid handle, that name. Gunnar Vogel. I know, right? Uh, no one really knows who they are, really, with all due respect to <laughs> Reese and to Gunnar. I know Gunnar is, is an undrafted free agent. I think he came, it was cut by the Bears. I'm um, not too sure about Reese Horn, actually, but... Yeah, not quite the signings that we had in mind. I think people were perhaps angling for uh, another pass rusher or a defensive tackle, certainly a linebacker. Uh, we hear that Justin Houston, the veteran defensive end, who's still got some uh, juice left in the fruit, um, he's he's visited Baltimore. I don't know whether they've signed him, but as we mentioned last week, Melvin Ingram to the Steelers, who's still a good player. Um and, uh, you know, I think people wanted some certainly more headline-grabbing uh, signings. Uh, but these are just camp bodies, aren't they? With Again, completely due respect to those guys. And this is, you know, they've got a chance to to make a roster, I guess. But, um, uh, yeah, not, it doesn't sort of, you know, sweep you off your feet, really, I don't think. No, and no, you've obviously got... What, training camp's just kicked off, so if you're going to go out there and get someone, you think it'd be by now, because obviously you want them to have a full camp under their belt. You know, you don't really want to be going and signing someone, sort of, you know, just before the season starts. And obviously, even when the, the cuts are made, that person's still missed out on camp. He's got to get familiar with the playbook. So if you're going to go and grab someone that's currently a free agent and they're shopping around, you think that move probably would have been made already, unless it's, you know, a financial thing or something like that they're trying to iron out. But it doesn't appear that the Bengals are going to be making any um, particularly head headline grabbing moves. I think you may get someone coming off of a practice, um, another team's practice squad once the cuts have been made. Um, possibly even a trade. I know the Bengals do like a little sort of um, low-level trade sometimes just before the season starts. Happened a couple of times before, but yeah, I guess we'll see, but not holding out too much hope for anything particularly big. I have a theory, Nathan. Well, another big news story this week, of course, was Sam Hubbard being extended for, uh, I believe... Um, 40, 40 million, wasn't it? 
40, yeah, four years, I was going to say 40 years, 4 million, which, which sounds like completely not very good value at all. Um, but yes, four years, 40 million, which I think if you spread it out and apply all the signing bonuses and what, it comes to about 8 million a year or something like that. Um, but I wonder whether they're holding off signing anybody else until they get the Jesse Bates deal done so they can see what money they've got left in the kitty. That's my feeling based on absolutely nothing at all, but obviously my brilliant footballing insight. Um, yeah, I think that you're, might... You're, you're, more, you got, you're more reliable for, for a Bengals <laughs> tip than Malik, uh, the Malik Wright done. Well, I mean, there you're you You're the go. UK Bengals inside. You've got, you got some men on the inside feeding you these, you know, these outrageous insights. No, not really. That's just, it was just a guess, but yeah, I mean, it just it would make sense, wouldn't it? You know, they've got like, you know, they want to get Bates uh, signed up and and sealed and delivered. This is around the time of year they like to to conduct their business. Uh, so yeah, I do think uh, there's no question we need a few reinforcements and a few key positions. I think, um, but I do wonder whether they're going to kind of you know. Um, uh, wait until they sign Bates uh, and then figure out what they need and where they can get these people from. Uh, and not forgetting, there's a whole bunch of roster cuts coming soon as well. So, um, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we sign a few more players, but I think, I th personally, at least I think it should be, the priority should be signing Jesse up to uh, an extension because that's going to be certainly... More than sort of eight, nine, ten million a year. We're looking at around fifteen million a year, you would imagine. So, um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, um, old mother back in the fold for four years. I mean, I don't think any, I don't know any Bengals fan out there that doesn't like old mother Hubbard. Would I be right in saying that everyone loves Sam, don't they? Yeah, he's a true professional. That picture of him. As a Bengals fan, as a kid outside the stadium, it's hard to dislike that, or you know, have some um, some, not have some bad feelings for a hometown guy. He's a real professional, a good athlete, a good player. You know, above average in everything. Great motor. Maybe not the most electrifying player um, on the roster. Maybe you haven't got that. You perhaps that feeling of um, a Pro Bowl or an All Pro type defensive end. But he's a great contributor, and I think it's a smart move to resign him um, for four years. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, again, you're right. I don't, I don't think he's the most explosive player in terms of pass rush. It's just that really solid, dependable, um, pretty durable guy on that yeah. line who's, who's really good against the run uh, and a really good locker room presence. So, I, I, you know, what can you say? It's a solid signing. We expected it to happen. We wanted it to happen. And uh, there we go. So well done to Sam. Well done. It seems like a good deal for both parties. I think. Completely, yeah. I think it's a good. It's it's a good contract for him. You know, four years, forty million. You can't knock that. And for the Bengals, you're not paying crazy um, money. You're keeping someone that's a fan of the team. I remember when he um, was signed, Sam Hubbard. I think the whole pro shop was like sold out of his jerseys. He was getting them all for his family, and he had like. I think it was a hundred people or something um, there for his first game um, on the Bengals. So, for someone who's a hometown kid and is a Bengals fan at heart, that's a nice thing to see. You want to keep those guys on the team. You know, they're going to put the extra um, percent in, and he's obviously going to want want to win more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Another piece of news. Um, um, unfortunately, talking about defensive end, our old chum Wyatt Hubert uh, is out for the year with a torn pectoral. Shocking that. Which I believe was sustained while he was working out on his own somewhere. And that, oh man, what a terrible thing to happen. I laugh because it's not funny. I laugh because it is utterly, you know, out of the blue, unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, heart goes out to Wyatt because obviously we had him on the on the show a little while back and he was so keen to make an impression. That's what you get with him. High energy, you know, kind of crazy motor and just like all rookies, really, just a desperate willingness to kind of get stuck in and make a name for himself in the league. So, oh, what terrible, terrible look for, for Wyatt. And, and yet another torn peck for the Bengals. Yeah. 
the thing I think the worst thing with that is obviously your first rookie year. You want to get you know you want to get your sort of yourself into the team. You want to get some reps. You want to learn about the NFL. You want to sort of feel that intensity. And when he was on the show, he was so enthusiastic and professional. And you know he'll come back stronger next year. But I think to lose that first rookie year, when you, especially when you're a late round pick, and you know you're by no means guaranteed a roster spot, you really need that time and to get those reps and stuff. Obviously, next year when he comes back, he's got a whole rookie class. Um, <clears throat> to compete with, um, you know, that time round. So it's a real shame to him, but he's a determined guy, and I'm sure he'll do whatever he, whatever it takes to force his way onto that roster next year. That's right. So we now have Hakeem Adenogy and now White Huber out for the year. No more injuries, please, lads. Uh, we want you to, if you're lifting, lift florets of broccoli or something that's not going to tear your pectoral muscle please uh, and make sure you uh, don't tear or rip or dislodge or pull or strain anything at all because it, it would be really lovely over, certainly after the past few years to have uh, a relatively injury free um, uh, roster this year because you remember once or uh, not so long ago we were kind of quite lucky with injuries for a good two three years where all our key players remained injury free and we were able to make some progress and, and win some games it's been the complete opposite the last two years hasn't it it has indeed and I think that's the key to sort of being a successful team is keeping your main players healthy and last season it, we were just decimated last season and the season before and obviously when your quarterback goes down that you're basically the rest of your season kind of goes with it and I just really hope you know we can keep players healthy that are coming back you know Jonah Williams is a huge player for us that we need to keep healthy DJ Reader was going to be sort of a key star man on that defence and he went down with a pretty nasty injury so you're hoping he can stay healthy as well so fingers crossed there you never know with injuries it's so difficult to pinpoint isn't it is it is it the turf is it the conditioning is it, it you know is it just the body is it, it's a high it's just bad luck you know it's a hard one to pinpoint from an injury perspective but no AJ Green this year so we won't have that sort of circus of will he won't he when's he coming back what's that going on so you know fingers crossed the guys stay healthy this year yeah, absolutely. Um, three more players have been cleared for um, uh, for practice, and that uh, they are Renell Wren, Puka Williams, and Riley Lees. So they'll be back, and that, this seems like the perfect time to jump into talking about training camp. Um, and uh, I'm going to call this little feature "Rising Camp." So, Rising Camp, it. who who? First of all, let's let's let choose a player that you're particularly looking forward to seeing. Who who's gonna be who's gonna from afar from your Croatian sunbed? Who will you be kind of eager to have a look at? I want to look at Joe Burrow, mate, and I'm not just saying that as the obvious answer, but I'm genuinely intrigued, and I think the future of our franchise hinges on how well he comes back from this injury. If he's playing well and he's looking good and there's all this chatter about he's been working out with Jordan Palmer on his velocity and his arm strength and he's going to be throwing it a bit quicker and all this sort of off-season chatter that you hear that gets you quite hyped up. I want to know that he's okay. I want to know that he's not... His mobility's not gone, his confidence has not gone, he's the same Joe boy with that swagger and the leadership and all the rest of it that comes with him, the complete package at a quarterback. I am going to be keeping a very close eye on him, seeing how he's performing, seeing, like you said, if he has to take a shot or he's getting pressure, is he comfortable with that? He's the main man I'm looking at in this training camp. Mm, interesting. And it was the obvious answer, let's face it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with rookie on the defensive line. I'm going to go for Joseph Osai. And uh, we've all talked about the pass rush. We're all a bit worried about the pass rush this year. Where's it coming from? It's a lot to put on a rookie. But when I look at Joseph Osai, I basically see the same characteristics that Carl Lawson had. And if we can get a similar player out of Joseph Osai that we did from Carl Lawson, I think, it, you know, the decision to let Lawson go um, will be entirely vindicated. Obviously, there's a lot of 
a lot of convincing and justification to be done. But um, I do like the look of Osai, and if he manages to hit, that's going to be a huge, um, huge fillip for the team. Really, I mean, uh, we yeah. set, you know we let Lawson go, but we signed Trey Hendrickson, and we signed Joseph Osai. So if suddenly Osai can kind of be uh, be effective and be the kind of player that we think or hope he might then that's going to be huge for this team it really is so yeah i'm, I'm going to keep an eye on joseph osai um conversely who needs a really good camp this year nathan who's your first player um in rising camp to that is needed to to be on his metal to put the pedal to the metal and Really kicked our ass. I've got two players here, son. Am I allowed that? Well, yeah. Well, I thought we might do this alternatively. So, you know, I'll come back to you with the other one. But let's have one so far. I think Jermaine Pratt is an obvious mm. one. Sim position, that linebacker group. We've talked a lot about it in the past. He needs a good camp. He needs to assert himself. Sort of going into year three as a real solid quality starter that we can rely on and maybe more you know if he could turn into a, a fantastic borderline pro bowl linebacker wouldn't that just change the defense and the look of it so he's someone that i think people thought might take that step last year didn't um so obviously with a, a fairly inexperienced group no josh Bynes to lead the unit and sort of lean on him for experience he's someone he's i mean he, apart from jordan evans he's one of the oldest players in that room just going into year three so mm. He needs to assert himself. He needs to improve and compliment Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither. I'm hoping he has a strong camp, can stay healthy and um, show that promise. OK, um, I agree with you. And I'm going to go for... Mm, who needs a strong camp? I'm going to go for the cornerbacks. Uh, Jadobe Awuje and Trey Waynes. Now, Trey, obviously... Another. Oh, so you've had, you've had two players here, have you? Well, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sort of the cornerbacks in general because obviously that was a weak point last year. Trey Waynes, another uh, past guest on this podcast, um, had, uh, I think he tore his, was it his peck last year again, I think? Um, so we've not seen Trey Waynes, big money signings in stripes before. We've not seen Chidobi Awuje in stripes before uh, William Jackson is gone there's a lot on pre a lot of pressure on those guys to get it right and play well right from the outset um so yeah I'm I, that, I think they need a good camp just to instill some confidence and you know get the the chemistry going and um you know you can add in Eli Apple and uh, Darius Phillips there and uh, I do think the secondary needs to kind of gel quite quickly because obviously that was another weak point last year um Okay, how about another player that you're excited to see or to look out for in this camp? I think Jamar Chase. I, I mean, I know that's quite an obvious answer, but if you're talking about who I'm excited for, he's probably the most, apart from obviously Joe Burrow, the most exciting player we've had come onto the team in a long time. Um, close to Trey Hendrickson. I'm interested to see what we've got with him. Obviously, we spent quite a bit of money on him. He has some great sack numbers. Um, I hope he can sort of um, show good value for money on that contract and really be a sort of key performer on that defensive line. But Chase is just such a dynamic player. You've already got highlight reels of him you know, snagging a lovely one-handed catch from Joe Burrow in camp. So he's someone that I want to see how much can he really give in year one. You know, sometimes rookie receivers can struggle a little bit in year one, sort of get scripts of the playbook and stuff like that. Hopefully he won't have that problem. He already knows Joe Burrow, the way they sort of you know, they've got that chemistry there already, and he's just such an athlete, Jamar Chase, a raw um, talent that I don't think he'll take too long to get into the swing of things, but I'm really excited to see um, a bit more from him. Well, Nathan, you've given two of the, the most obvious answers I think I've ever heard in any questioning we've ever had on this podcast. But I'm going to, I think all fair answers, actually. Um, I'm going to go for T Higgins, actually, because all the talk of bit has been... Borrow, Chase, Chase, Uno, um, that kind of thing, which I get, and I'm on board with Jamar Chase. And I, I can't wait to see how that chemistry kind of reignites, really. I'm really looking forward to him. I'm also looking forward to seeing T Higgins because in amongst all the kind of the draft headlines, if you like, is T Higgins, who had a wonderful rookie season, 
by all accounts, he has transformed transformed his body. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. Again, to be stronger, <laughs> quicker, faster, more durable. And if that's the case, then goodness me, look out. Chase, Higgins, and then Tyler Boyd as well. Are you kidding me? Um, that's outrageous, isn't it? If, yeah, I mean, we could be a very, very fun offence uh, I mean, I think attack. that you could be out there throwing the ball to these guys and there'd be some sort of yards. I think the offence would still move, even with you sort of tossing the balls out to the Higgins <laughs> and lobbing them up for Chase. I don't think they'd do very well, but I think there'd be at least some movement there, you know. Sorry, I just sneezed there. Um, thanks very much. I mean, to be fair, you have seen me throw an American football, so... Uh, it's not awful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they're such talents that you back them every so often. <laughs> One of your passes, they'll snag it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And take it outfield and you get some stats. Yeah, you know, maybe you'd sneak onto a practice squad the next season, oh, uh, or if the XFL starts back up, maybe you'd never see <laughs> over there. Maybe in, maybe maybe the, in Canada, you know, we'd never know. Maybe the World League, if that ever starts up again, I'll be like, I don't, I don't <laughs> the uh, the Zagreb <laughs> hitmen or something. I don't know. Um, I'm uh, yes. Yeah, so now we're going to go to who needs another good camp? Who needs a good camp to re-establish? Him or herself. I'll go with this one. I'm going to say Ronell Wren. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's a mountain of a man. He's got all the physical tools. And yet we have no idea, no fault of his own. He's been injured for two years, pretty much. No fault of his own. Um, um, he, he just hasn't been around. We don't know what kind of player he is, whether he's up to this task yeah. or not. So it's great news that he's been cleared for practice. And I just, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what he's he's got because if he could add some juice, some some pass rushing juice into that uh, into that middle of the line, then you know that's going to be really really important to kind of sub Ogan Joby. I think that's a good one. I'm going to go with Evan McPherson. Um, mm. I just think that he needs to come out strong in that preseason there's not it doesn't look like there's going to be this like Randy Bullock Jake Elliott type of um, mm. you know like standoff like an old western film you know who can sort of you know who's going to be first there who's most accurate who's got the biggest leg strength I think this is uh, McPherson's job without a shadow of a doubt but you just want to see him come out of the blocks confidently, make some kicks, you know, get his percentage up there, just so he asserts himself, this is my job, there's no, no problems here, like we're not going to have, you know, those worries in the preseason because he shanks a couple or he pushes a few wide, he misses a couple of extra points, and then you think, shit, do we need to go out here and get a rookie, uh, sorry, a rookie, um, a veteran to sort of compete with him? You know, you just want to have confidence in this guy. He's a very exciting prospect. He looks like he's got a huge leg, Great accuracy, probably was the best kicker in college football last year. It's a real we a potential weapon for us having him on the offense. I'm not not only excited to see what he's got, but I just think uh, you know I really hope that he can come out strong, no controversy, high percentages, get those points, Evan. It's a good shout, actually. Um, okay, final round. Uh, the player that I'm excited to see, not just in camp but throughout season. It's Mike Hilton. I think that could be the genius signing out of uh, all the signings that we've made um, uh, during this off-season. I think he's going to add some some real kind of a, a different dimension to our defence. He obviously is a celebrated blitzer and... Um, yeah, if we can use him correctly, I think I think he'll be a real weapon on that defense. So I can't wait to see him in action. What about you? Last last person, last player that you're looking forward to seeing? DJ Reader for oh, me. Oh yes, go on, such DJ. Such a talent, such a great player when he came over. I think when he first, you know, obviously got injured last year, but when he did play, he looked good. He looked strong, and he was the real you know, hallmark big signing of that free agency class. Everyone was really excited about him. There was chatter about him being the best nose tackle in football and obviously we've had him on the podcast. He's a great guy. He's a fun bloke. He seems like he's got a lot of talent and he works hard and obviously we didn't get to see all of that last year and I'm hopeful again, like with Joe Burrow, if he's back, he's healthy and he can showcase some of that ability, then I think that's going to be a really useful weapon for us up the middle um, for the upcoming season. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
what about a player, a final player from you that needs to have a good camp? Player that needs to have a good camp. Do you know what I think? It is a big camp sum. Samar JP Ryan. Mm. Because he signed the contract, you know, he sort of he's hooked himself onto the roster after bouncing around a few teams. Obviously, Gio's gone. That's a big void. I don't think anyone's going to sit here and say that P. Ryan's a better running back than Gio. I think everyone, you know, an ideal world would have Gio back, and he's a great um, compliment to Joe Mixon. P. Ryan's this second guy. He's got his contract. He's got a couple of undrafted guys behind him and drafted players as well. You've got your Chris Evans, Puka, and you've got Trevion Williams, who's on the podcast last week, all looking to unseat him. And obviously, if you listened last week and heard what Trevion had to say, he's reshaped his body he's been working hard he's come back from some setbacks and he's ready to go and I think for P. Ryan he's really got to assert himself in camp and show look I'm the number two back here I'll, you know no one's going to unseat Joe Mixon that's un- uncontested but there's a lot of guys behind him that are going to be trying to you know unseat him or try and sort of you know try to make a play for himself and they'll get the reps they'll get the reps and so will P. Ryan in the preseason you know and the running backs are often one of those positions in the preseason. There's not as many, throw, you know, they don't throw it as much. They like to keep it on the ground, you know, keep things simple. Those backs will have their chances. And if one of them goes off and has a 100-yard game or, you know, really looks good in the pass game or in pass protection even, they could potentially say, look, you know, why don't you, I'm better than this guy. Like, let me um, unseat him. So I think P. Ryan needs a good camp. He's always a bit more of a physical back. Um... But yeah, I'm interested to see what he's got. And I think he needs to have a good camp to really assert that number two running back role. All right, I'm going to say, well, I was going to say Khalid Kareem. I think he needs a good camp. But all, but I'm going to go with the offensive line as a whole. I want to see Jonah in, injury-free. I want to see Riley Reef, um, you know, kind of bed himself in. I want to see what Jackson Carmen's got. But most importantly, I want to see Frank Pollack whip that group into shape. Um that's kind of what I'm looking forward to, and I'm, I really hope those guys have a good camp because if they start to look good and gel and and actually you know do their get a good full uh, pre-season in their belts, um, then I think that uh, that holds the team in good stead going forward. Uh, anyway, that was our little training camp preview. Um, I asked you guys out there to um, tell us what you're looking forward to in camp. So we will reveal all after uh, we speak to Jay Morrison. And joining us yet again is one of our favourite guests. It is, of course, the brilliant Jay Morrison from The Athletic. Jay, welcome back to Cincinnati. Thank you, Paul. I'm happy to be with you. This is one of my favourite shows to jump on. Look at us patting each other on the back. When will this (laughs) ever end? But seriously, it's always good to see you out and about, and I've enjoyed your... Not just your, obviously, football reporting, but I love seeing what you and your family gets up to on Twitter. And uh, we were just having a conversation off air, weren't we, about going to see live music. And I believe that you're going to see the Foo Fighters in Cincinnati uh, yes, tomorrow be, night. Tomorrow night, it'll be my fifth time seeing them. Really, like, it's probably, it is, I would say that is my favourite band. Uh, certainly the favourite one to see live. So, uh, really excited. Um, I hope nothing crazy happens at practice tomorrow to delay my attendance at the, the festival, but or at the concert. But uh, we shall see. That, that's that kind of comes with this line of work. There's if some if news breaks, you got to put your life on hold. Absolutely. Um, did you ever see Nirvana? I did not, unfortunately. I've got one one up on you on that one, but that's a separate conversation. <laughs> sure, um, yeah. Right. Um, you guys went to the media day yesterday. We're recording this on the Tuesday, the 27th. Uh, you guys went to the media day yesterday. Um, it all seemed very positive. And it must have been great for you guys to be to see Mike and Zach and Duke and all those guys in person again, right? It was. That was one of the the most notable things of the day was to be able to do interviews in person. We've, we've outside of Mike, we've talked to them on the telephone, but we've, we've not sat down with them in the same room and done an interview. Um, so that was, that was nice. It was interesting that um, we all had to show proof of vaccine and be masked uh, and none of them were masked. So I didn't under quite understand what that was about, but 
um, we're, that we're, you know, we're just, we're living with whatever protocols they give us. Um, I've, I've been vaccinated since March, but still have to prove I have a negative test before I can attend practice tomorrow. And that that's good for two weeks. Then I'll have to get another test, um, and, and keep going through that. Who knows when we'll get back in locker rooms, but, uh, it did feel like yesterday was kind of a, a small incremental step in, in getting back to normal. And, uh, you know, the impression that we got over Twitter, I don't know whether you can confirm or dispel this, but it all seems very positive for a team that has won six games in two years. Um, Mike Brown sounded quite bullish for Mike Brown and kind of quite up for things and telling everyone the offensive line is going to be fine. And he's talking about the, the, the kind of, old players and the ring of honor with a certain sense of pride. You can just sense that. Um, It feels positive. Did it feel positive inside the room? It did, but it always does that. It's one of those, it's kind of like spring training in baseball. Uh, It's just, you know, hope turn hope springs eternal. It's just that when everybody's zero and zero, everybody thinks that they've constructed the, the, the best roster possible to to get them where they want to go. I was joking with with Paul Daner on our podcast this morning that you could have taken several of those Mike Brown quotes and um, plugged them into any previous pre-camp luncheon. It just, you know, he's he's saying that uh, we've let the fans down. We need to give them hope. We need to do better. We're we're not happy with what we've done. It's just. I don't want to say it's lip service because Paul or because Mike is a, a very sincere individual, but it just, some of it seemed repetitive, but some of it did seem um, a little different. There, there seemed to be more of an urgency than you typically hear at this, this time of year um, from both Zach Taylor and from Mike Brown. And the quote that you mentioned about the, his quote on his exact quote on the offensive line is I think our line is going to surprise some people that now that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be fine. It could surprise people in a bad way. Yeah, right. um, I, I, I certainly don't think that's what he meant, but he, he, he didn't say um, it's going to be good or it's going to be fine. He just said, I think it's going to su- surprise some people. Um, I, everybody is hoping that it will surprise some people for the better. It, it, it needs to, um, that, that they cannot expose Joe Burrow to the, the type of beating he took last year. Um, it wasn't, the injury wasn't a, a culmination of all those hits. It was just, you know, that one random one that gets in and, and hits you in the wrong way that can happen at any time, but it does feel like you're playing with fire. If, if he is constantly under pressure and constantly getting hit, um, it only takes one to derail the entire season. Um, new uniforms, ring of honor, increased social, engagement throughout all platforms. Bengals fans are going nuts every time Elizabeth Blackburn says anything, quite rightly. She's a real become a real figurehead for the club, I think. Um, I mentioned that, you know, we've only won six games in, in two years. It is time for the nitty-gritty now. The ring of honour's out of the way. The uniforms are gone. They're all huge successes in terms of initiatives and engagement and Brilliant to see all the fans engaged and really enjoying it. But it is football time now. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about training camp. We're not going to go through the entire team. People can go and listen to hear that podcast growling and read you and Paul's articles on The Athletic for much more expert breakdowns than me and Nathan could ever possibly hope to deliver. But I did want to touch on a few areas. So I'm kind of fed up about talking about the offensive line. I'm sure you guys are as well. But um <laughs> Do you, do you, in terms of being settled, is it Jim Turner seemed to really enjoy? Now, his hand was forced quite significantly by injuries, to be fair to him, but he did seem to quite enjoy chopping and changing quite regularly. And that feels counterintuitive for an offensive line to me, uh, you know, a, a fan and a layperson. Um, are you looking for an offensive line starting five to be quite settled throughout camp? Um, throughout camp, uh, possibly. Uh, throughout the season, I don't think so. Uh, the second round pick, Jackson Carmen, it it would not surprise me if if he does not start the season. Um, you, I, 
I know they they have high hopes for him, but sticking a rookie in the starting lineup to protect the the future, the face of the franchise, whatever you want to call it, um, and not just a rookie, but a guy that's never played the position in his life, I, I, I think they'll be a little more cautious. I think we might see Xavier Suofilo um, and Quentin Spain be the starting guards. And, and unless Jackson Carmen has this incredible training camp and just blows everybody away, but I, I think they're going to ease him in. Um, and then the other issue is I, I don't think we're, it's going to be necessarily a fixture during camp. Um, Trey Hopkins, the center, is 100% cleared. He's healthy and ready to go, but that doesn't mean he's going to take every snap. I, I think they're going to be really cautious with him. I mean, they, they talked about giving Joe Burrow uh, a few days here and there where he only goes off to the side and does rehab work. Um, his ACL was six weeks before Trey Hopkins. So See, that, that Trey Hopkins story was apps. I was not expecting that. That that shocked me and impressed me more than the fact that Burrow was cleared hundred percent as well. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. The one thing they said when it happened was, um, you know, it is more difficult for a heavier guy, like an offensive lineman to, to do that, but his wasn't contact related. Right. It was just a, a plant, a wrong step and it. And those are usually, I don't know if easier is the right word, but the, they're they're more able to be rehabbed quicker um so it is regardless it is still remarkable that we're, we're sitting here um what seven less a little more than seven months from it happening and he's 100 percent ready to go but they are going to give him breaks they are going to give him days off um they are going to give him series off um and they they have billy price um they, they signed a, a free agent center a couple what couple days ago last thursday it's all running together but mm. um they they worked out a center a former center with nfl experience he actually played in the super bowl for the chiefs austin reader they didn't end up signing him but they're, they're still looking they're they're looking to add pieces there were strictly for depth and if the guy shows well in camp you've got a bigger practice squad this season you can put him on the practice squad continue to develop him um but i i do i think I think we're going to see some mixing and matching in training camp um, just to try to figure out what that best starting five is going to be when they play Minnesota on September 12th. Well, let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball and a defensive line, because I think you go through this team and you try and predict, because normally there's some real camp battles that are kind of jump out at you, but there's not for me, there's nothing really that stands out. They seem to have, Apart from, you mentioned Surfilo and Jackson Carmen, uh, you've got the starters a- across uh, the defensive line pretty much sorted, right, with Hubbard and and Ogunjobi and uh, Reader and Hendrickson, and then you've got your sort of second-tier rotation guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are still a little bit worried about the pass rush. Um, we've certainly signed more players, and on paper there certainly seems to be a lot more depth than last season. You can say that for the secondary as well. Um, how do you see the defensive line? Anybody that needs to have a really good camp to make this roster? Can Josh Tupu pick up where he left off? Do, uh, you know, Renell Wren is constantly injured, unfortunately for him. How do you see that defensive line shaping up? Yeah, those are two guys who are big question marks. Um, Tupo really played well in 2019, but he opted out last year. And, and who knows uh, how a guy comes back from, from a year off with no football. Um, we'll see. Um, it, there's, there wasn't a lot to glean from that during OTAs because it's, it's just more of a seven-on-seven passing kind of thing. It's, you're, it's really hard to kind of gauge any kind of physicality on the offensive and defensive line when they're out there in shorts. But Rennell Wren is the one that really is – I see as the wild card. I mean, they, they've had this great success drafting defensive linemen in the fourth round. And that's what they did with him a couple of years ago. Um, He had the the hip injury that derailed his first season. Then last year, uh, it may have been the first practice of camp. If not, it was one of the first, he suffers the quad injury cost him his entire season cost him this entire off season. He was on the rehab field the whole time. Um, He is currently on physically unable to perform list, but they, they expect him to be ready to go in a few 
a few practices into camp and he can be a big difference maker. He is a mountain of a man. And I, I if, if they have him um, at his full ability, that's a big if when you're talking about a guy that doesn't have a lot of tape to, to go on and has many injuries to, to kind of get in the way. But if he can, if he can be, a steady presence that really bolsters their, their interior pass rush because beyond Larry Ogunjobi, there's, there's really not any, any three technique there that any pass rushing defensive tackle that really kind of wows you. Mike Daniels is what he is. He, 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 he played last year. He was a fan favorite because he's engaging on social media, um, mm. a super nice guy, an interesting guy, but he, he just, he, he wasn't super successful at getting to the, quarterback but really no one was so if you have all of a sudden if you have guys coming off both edges and and you've you've got someone next to you in Larry Ogunjobi and maybe they put Mike Daniels next to him from time to time and give DJ Reader a breather maybe he is more effective it it all kind of works in concert but uh, really another interesting one is going to be Cam Sample, their fourth-round pick this year, or one of their three fourth-round picks. Um, he can play defensive end or inside at defensive tackle, and it's going to that's one of the more interesting things that I'm going to be looking for in camp is to see how much they play him inside and kind of use him as a three technique as opposed to stri- strictly coming off the edge. Mm. Um, and then they lost their seventh-round pick, Wyatt Hubert. Uh, same thing. He was kind of lining up to be a hybrid defensive end, defensive tackle, uh, for his pack working out on his own um, and he is out for the year. So that, that hurts, but it doesn't look like you, you look at the the guys they had in for tryouts yesterday. It was, it was wide receivers. It was a couple of centers. It was a tackle. It, it wasn't defensive tackles. I, I think they feel like they're set at defensive tackle. Maybe when the other teams make their cuts, somebody mm. catches their eye and they go after somebody. But right now it looks like they're going to roll with what they have. I wanted to ask you about signings. I think a lot of fans are not comfortable with the linebacker core at the moment as as it is. Uh, and they're a little bit surprised that they haven't gone. You know, you get people, you hear people like Justin Houston has got visiting with the Ravens, still got a little bit of juice left in that tank. Melvin Ingram going to the Steelers. Um, you know, Jarrell Casey is still out there, good player. Um do you think they're holding back, as you say, for roster cuts, or do you think they're holding back to see uh, whether they can extend Jesse Bates to see how much they've got left in the pot for this year? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think they know the number they want to get to, um, and it should be right around $15 million. They They gave Sam Hubbard 10. Um, but they, they want this to get done, and Jesse wants it to get done, and it – know it's not in their mo to go over their price but mm. but they i think this is so important that, that jesse's such a good player such a leader um totally behind zach since he's been here you know maybe they they are waiting for that shoe to drop so to speak and then they'll start kind of seeing what they have left to, to pick off some of these guys so you do expect uh, a few more players to come in before before the the kind of final 53 is named do you think um yeah possibly it's i mean you, they're already if if you sign them now and they come in for the start of camp on wednesday they're already behind the eight ball they've missed the entire offseason if if all of a sudden they they miss a couple of weeks of training camp you don't know how effective they're actually going to be but it does feel like defensive tackle is one of those positions where you can stick a guy in and have him play right away. It's it's not a there are there is a scheme, there is a responsibility element to to you know doing your job kind of thing and not just freelancing. But that the position does kind of lend itself to just sticking a guy in there and saying you know go defend the run, go get the quarterback. It's it's not a super complicated thing where you have to know the the playbook inside and out. So it, it could happen, but I I just I could see them. Right now they're at 87, so they have room for three more guys. I, I could see them, you know, not filling any of those spots. Anybody that's coming in right now is primarily a depth piece. If there's injuries, then that changes. They, they may be more aggressive in going to get someone, especially if it's a position where they're thin, like defensive tackle. But I don't necessarily think we're going to see them 
sign anyone else too soon. Okay. Uh, well, before we wrap this up, uh, Jay, thank you so much for the time yet again. Um, yeah. Who are you looking forward to seeing? You're not allowed to say Burrow, by the way. Who are you uh, looking forward to seeing the most? Perhaps an off-the-radar guy that you've got your your beady eye on in camp. Um, who are you looking forward to seeing most? Give us a couple of names. Yeah, uh, I mentioned Cam Sample. He, I am really interested in watching him. Um, I think Trey Waynes, they, they signed him as a number one cornerback last year. He missed the entire year. We haven't seen him do anything. So um, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on him. And then, you know, if you're going off the radar, uh, a couple guys on the offensive side, um, sixth round pick Chris Evans, the running back who everybody thinks is just going to fill into that Gio Bernard role. And then the really, really interesting one to me is Puka Williams. He's an undrafted running back, very small. They're moving him to wide receiver. Um, get him out. He's too small to be a running back. He can be super dynamic as a punt returner. And if you put him out there as a, a slot receiver, we all know how much this team likes to spread the field, go four or five wide. Um, you, you put him out there with all those weapons they have at wide receiver, and maybe he finds a seam or just a little opening. And I, I, I think he can be really fun and explosive and it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts to, mm. to that new role as a receiver as opposed to a running back. He is on the, the non-football illness list, which I never knew there was a football illness list, <laughs> but he is on the football illness list. But they expect that to be a day or two thing. Uh, they were hoping he would be ready for the start of camp tomorrow, and uh, I'm hoping he is well because I'm really interested to see how that experiment works out. And give us a couple of names. We've talked about uh, Renel Wren. We've talked about, uh, I'm going to throw in Khalid Kareem as well. He seems like a forgotten guy of that defence. Any others that are desperate to have a good camp here? Do you think any of those back of the roster guys like Winston Rose, Jalen Davis can step up and, and, and kind of make this roster even with the signings that they've made in the secondary, for instance? Yeah, I think Tony Brown is the guy that is going to get that last cornerback spot. He is uh, he is really good as a gunner, um, running down the field, covering punts and kickoffs. Um, the, their other gunner, Stanley Wilson uh, – I'm sorry, not Stanley Wilson, Stanley Morgan yeah. uh, may be on the outside looking in this year um, with how, how many wide receivers they have. So if that is the case, he doesn't make the team, then Tony Brown's role becomes even more important as a guy that can, can cover kicks. Um, and then – Another intriguing guy, I was joking with Paul this morning on, on the here that, that podcast growling because he did his 53-man roster projection today. And he was we were going over the linebackers, and I said, you know, we do this every year. We do a 53-man projection, and we do it at the starting training camp. We do it at the end of training camp. We do it at the end of the regular season. We do it when free agency starts. We do it when the draft – It's the, the, the roster is always changing because of the additions and the, the time of the year. And I said, I don't think we have I, – I, I think every 53-man roster that we have ever done, we have cut Jordan Evans. And, and this year, Paul has Jordan Evans making the team. Um, he's just hung around. He's, he's really good on special teams. Um, he, I think if, if Jermaine Pratt stumbles again – and he's another one. This is a big camp for him. But I, I think Jordan Evans can – can work him his way into seeing some more playing time on defense. Um, but he's, and he made some plays last year. He had an interception. He had a sack in the, the Philadelphia game early in the year. He's good on special teams. He's, he's just, he's one of those uh, meat and potatoes, nut and bolts guys that you have to have at the back of your roster. And it feels like, you know, he, he, every year you cut him every year, he comes back. This is year five for him. He's a guy that I think could, really step up and maybe see a bigger role than he's than he's ever had in the past mm, interesting well jay uh we love having you on thank you so much for the support as ever uh sure. good luck in the mosh pit tomorrow at uh food fighters and uh and good luck with camp we'll be tuning in of course you can follow uh, jay on twitter at jay morrison af ath uh, and you can read him on the athletic and hear him on the brilliant here that podcast growling for now, Jay, take care and we'll speak to you again soon. Enjoy camp. Thank you, Paul. It was great talking to you. There you go. That was Jay. Always a pleasure to have Jay. What a fine man he is. And um, 
And he said some interesting things. I'm the most interesting thing I think is the is how they're planning to use Puka Williams. And Jay is saying that they've sort of shifted him to wide receiver. They think perhaps that uh, running back is uh, he's a bit too small, a bit too slight for running back. And the best way to utilize his speed and his sort of game breaking ability is get him out into space. You know, maybe a slot or a little gadgety receiver, a bit like an Alex Erickson, a bit like Mario Orford, if you remember him a few years back. But that's right. Mario Orford, obscure Bengals, right? There you there. go. But uh, maybe even an Andrew Hawkins uh, going back, you know, a bit farther. Uh, he was a he's a very good player. But yes, do you see what I mean? I found that quite interesting, though. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and also the value of these players on special teams as well. Like who can contribute on special teams? Who's fast? You know, who can block downfield? That comes into it as well if you're fighting for a place on the roster. So obviously, it's like I was saying with P Ryan, with someone like Puka. Um, can he, you know, really make a name for himself and make himself useful? Because I think that's what any player wants to do, isn't it? They'll they do anything. They'll be shoveling um, soil on the sidelines if it gets them on the roster. You know, they they are willing to be flexible and adaptable and show their value to the team. So it, I'm excited to see how that works out and how they can sort of um, fit him into the offense. Yeah, I think I've officially added uh, Puka into my ones to watch. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do. Before we get to uh, your correspondence, it must be said uh, that we congratulate wholeheartedly Mr Ken Anderson and Mr Ken Riley for their induction into the Bengals Ring of Honour. I mean, I think everyone was delighted to hear that those two guys um, were voted into the inaugural class joining Paul Brown and Anthony Munoz um, I mean, certainly we, uh, we've we met Ken, we've had him on the podcast a number of times. Uh, what a lovely man and what a fantastic player. And just gutted that we'd never been able to talk to Ken uh, Riley because, of course, he passed away last year. Um, but we have had a chance to talk to his son, Ken Riley II, who is also uh, a lovely man and really fighting hard for his dad to get the recognition that he deserves. So from a personal point of view, from a UK-wide point of view, from a podcast point of view, I'm sure you'll join me, Nathan, in congratulating the two Kens. Oh, absolutely. And I think they were the, both the two obvious choices there, two highly esteemed players that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, and I think for them to be the sort of second two people into the Bengals um, Hall of Fame is... Is the oh, sorry the Ring of Honor is a smart move. Incredible players, and I think something like this. And Mike Brown said this earlier in the week. This um, Ring of Honor is very much an exercise to get some of these guys some extra recognition around the NFL, promote them, celebrate them. And I think it's a. I think it was. I wouldn't say it was a no contest, but I think that they certainly were the right two men um, to be voted in um, in the second round of inductees. Indeed. Um... Okay, let's go to our uh, correspondence. Donny at Ippy Don, hoping Chris Evans and Thaddeus Moss have a decent camp. Both have that aura of being under the radar for now, but could end up contributing in some way. I'm sure a lot of Bengals fans feel the same. Also, I ordered a fillet of fish from McDonald's since the last episode. Decent! There we go. There we go. Good to see that we have an influence on uh, listeners' diets there. But if, if McDonald's are listening, you know, Tony's Chocolate haven't hit us up yet for any sponsorship opportunities, we'd be happy to collaborate with you. So anyone from the McDonald's marketing team, let us know. Oh, I'm not sure how comfortable I would be with McDonald's sponsoring the podcast, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> slam, uh, right, Duncan at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. I'm concerned over the co-host of this show goes on holiday and posts a barrage of pictures of random cats. Is this a weird fetish or an actual hobby? Now, um, people will... I just don't think Duncan's not sophisticated enough to understand <laughs> my sense of humour. So I, it's wasted on someone like him, I'd say. But to be fair, on your Instagram feed, every other shot is of you like attracting a stray cat, to be honest with you, isn't it? Let's face it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's well, no. action when no, you're out in, uh, when you're abroad. Not at all. But no, no, in North London as well, where you live, they all flock to you. So I don't know what you... <laughs> I'm the cat whisperer, 
from us. That you are. Speak, you, I speak with them. You've got to stop wearing that Lynx Africa, mate. That's what's uh, attracting. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis Soul, Stuart, Stuart Baird, 688. Has anyone famous run past you on the way to drop the kids off only for you to think they were, was, they were running to see you? Now, this is in reference again to Mike... Brown, he told, told a very funny story when Joe Burrow came running towards him. He thought, oh, Joe Burrow's coming over to me to have a chat. But, of course, it was actually on the way to the lavatory. Um, I, it's the kind of thing that would happen to me but hasn't happened to me yet. Uh, a famous person who you think is coming over to say hello to little old me but then just to run straight past you into the toilet. And for our American listeners... Um, Dropping the kids off in uh, in British slang means to have uh, to go for a poo. So um, there you go. Again, once again, we like to educate as well as entertain on this show. So no, no, no it's never happened to me. But um, I'm only count- I'm just counting down the days until it does because it would be the sort of thing that happened to me. Really, anything like that happened to you before, Nathan? I can't say it has, but I know. Um, but you never know. Uh, Peter Dadswell at Dadders. If you can only eat one carb source, bread, potatoes, pasta, rice, with all its variants for the rest of your life, to the exception of the others, which would you pick and why? This has been uh, teasing me and tormenting me all day. I've been thinking about the options and, you know, what I what I would go for. What were you saying first? Though? I mean, there's only one answer for me, and that's pasta. Without a doubt, pasta. All day, everywhere. Bread. You'd go bread. I'd go bread, I think. Mm. You've got the pizza with bread. You've got garlic bread. You've got bread, bread for sandwiches. I love sandwiches. Pasta's like, yeah, it's good. I like pasta. Like, it's an obvious statement. But yeah, you know, I just don't think it's as diverse. You can't do as much with it. With bread, a lot of different angles, a lot of different types of bread. Um, and obviously pizza is such an important staple there. You know, you're turning pizza down for the rest of your life. I couldn't do that. Potatoes. Not fussed about that, you know. Yeah, yeah. You miss out on chips. I'm not a big man for potatoes. I don't mind. The mashed potatoes are good. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be as fussed about that. Um, but there we go. I hear your bread argument, but I'm still going with pasta. I, I would just be happy to eat pasta for the rest of my life. Uh, and a big bucket of it as well. Uh, Logie B513 at Logie513. Hello, Logie. With all these fantastic fans creating new costumes in anticipation to hashtag rule the jungle, it makes me want to know what the Who Day UK crew would dress up as. Rules? You can't say that you wouldn't dress up because that wouldn't be any fun, uh, but you have a big budget. Uh, I would have answered um, I wouldn't dress up. It's just not my style at all, really. So I'm in slight bemusement at all these fans wanting to be superheroes. It doesn't quite compute or all hit with me really but good luck to them everyone each their own it's all good fun um if i did dress up though someone suggested a dalek the other day the doctor who uh villain um that's a good one yeah it would be 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 logistically quite tough to get in and out of turnstiles in stadiums wouldn't it i think (laughs) but (laughs) uh but mind you like the bengalorian and the orange arrow actually i think carry weaponry on them so i'm not quite sure how they're going to get to the stadiums either um yeah i don't know it's a tricky one like we discussed last week i don't i genuinely don't think superheroes or the want to be a superhero is as big over here as it is over in america i might be speaking generally there um yeah i think i'd I'd just go for a sort of super ted or banana man a really crap british superhero (laughs) Um, sorry, Logie. I did think about it, but I just I, I think the Daleks a good one, son. I think that's our answer. I quite mm. like the old Dalek, so the nice orange and black Dalek. I think that'd be quite a nice little addition. What about you? What about you? Are you, are you mind? Well, I, I want to be the Bengals Dick Dastardly. I don't care if it's oh, not okay. British. I could imagine myself in an orange Dick Dastardly outfit with okay. the you know the uh, black and orange hat and like grow this big moustache out. And sort of, you know, those funny boots that Dastardy wears and that long sort of draping coat in orange and black. I think, you know, it looks a bit like Bengal's captain's outfit, but a little bit more like Dastardly and um, villainous, you know. So I think that would be my answer. Interesting. Um, right, Jamie at Truck Art Beast here. He's got lots of mini questions here, so yes or no answers. Should we trade for Xavier Howard? Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but Xavier uh, Howard has asked for a trade from the Dolphins. 
We don't know. I mean, I can't, they're not going to, and I don't think cornerback's a big issue for us. Agree. Uh, should we be worried that there's no Jesse Bates action yet? I'm going to say no, not worried. Um, I think that's that's happening as we speak. Negotiations are taking place, so I'm, I'm not worried yet. Are you? No, no. I, I think Bates will want a lot of money, and it might scare the Bengals a bit, but um, no, I don't think we should be worried yet. Do you think we overpaid for the Hubbard deal? No, I don't think so. It's always difficult with those deals to sort of look around the league, but it's not by any means for a defensive end that's talented, uh, crazy money. I think, as we said earlier in the show, it's probably a fair deal for both for both parties. Yeah, I agree. And certainly when you spread it out and a lot of the signing bonuses and things like that and, you know, kind of redistribute the cap here, I think it's, it's a fairly um, acceptable deal for both parties, really. So I've got no issue with it at all. Thank you, Jamie's. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, Duncan at Dastardly Duncan. Um, Solid handle. Puka is my sneak in for his versatility at wide receiver stroke running back. The fact that they had him trying out on special teams makes me think they want to find a way to get him on the 53. Would love to see some plays with him, Evans and Mixon on the field where the uh, opposition have zero clue where we're going. Um... I think uh, you've been listening, obviously listened or chatted to Jay Morrison, Duncan, because uh, he's looking forward to seeing Puka too. And I think, you know, more weapons, more mismatches that we can get, the better. And, um, yeah, Puka's an intriguing one. He's good on special teams as well, especially if they're sort of thinking about adding him as a, as a punt returner. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see Puka. In fact, I can't wait to see them all back on the field, as you said earlier, Nathan. Um it's only a couple of weeks until the first pre-season game, which is just extraordinary, really. Uh, that's a Saturday night as well, 7.30 kickoff time in the uh, in the States. So that's going to be about, what, 1.30 in the morning? 1.30? Yeah, yeah, after, yeah, after 12 or half one, isn't it? Yeah, so, but it's Saturday night, so we might have a chance to stay up and watch that. Um well, that's your lot this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Jay Morrison, as always, for spending a little bit of time with us. And uh, we won't be back next week because I'm off on holiday. Um, oh, so I see how this works. When you go on holiday, we don't have to run <laughs> it. But when I'm on holiday, we have to run it. That, that, that's mate, how the power dynamic works. In this mate, mate who's it? got all the recording equipment? Who does all the editing? That's all I'm going to say to that. Um <laughs> But yeah, we'll be back on Monday the 9th uh, because we uh, all being well, I'm touching wood here. We will be having an amazingly uh, high-profile guest uh, on that day. So I hope, really hope that uh, comes to fruition. I think it should do. Um, so we'll be back on the 9th and then you just basically won't be able to get rid of us for the rest of the season. So enjoy your uh, start to August. Stay safe out there. And until then, it is a who day from me. And a who day for me. Cheers, guys.